Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to How to Eat to Save the Planet, the podcast that takes a comprehensive look at sustainable food production from field to fork. I'm Julie Smith and I'll be looking at how we can learn from the past to reduce our carbon footprint on the way we eat by learning some of the granny skills that have got lost in our shrink-wrapped, consumption-heavy, busy-brained lives. I'm on a quest to net zero my own life. I've stopped flying, ditched the plastic as much as possible, and in this brand new series for Leon, I'm digging deep to ask the questions that really matter as I try to reduce the impact my food choices have on the planet and live a kinder, healthier life. Decades of modern, pesticide-heavy, profit-driven farming methods with intense cultivation and inadequate soil management have almost destroyed the fertility of our land, while factory farming delivers bloodless meat direct to supermarkets, a conveyor belt of animals whose welfare we've forgotten even matters. So I'm looking back to the old traditions shaping the future of food, from growing my own in a local community group to the centuries-old practice of mixed farming that might just save our depleted soil. I'm looking for answers from fishermen and farmers and the people making their own small difference to the way they eat. Before I set off to meet them all, I started on my own patch in rural East Sussex with the first gathering of brand-new climate resilience group, the Green Onion Society. It's all about community for me. I really am looking back to try and create the things that we've always had in village life. People living, working together, supporting each other, pooling things. People working together for a common cause. What what more could you want? The notion is to spread this idea far and wide and link hands with other communities and grow like mycelium under the surface. It's made up of my neighbours, only some of whom I know, and all within a couple of miles radius. The plan is to share our skills from bread making to tree planting and get back to the land, growing food in our gardens, fertilised by our own leftovers, rotted down to become super fertile, waste friendly and completely free compost. Just like generation upon generation used to do before we literally lost the plot. And as we summon the spirit of our ancestors, our host Vicky Radke is introducing us to the medieval tradition of the wassail, an old southern county's tradition of wishing each other health and happiness in the bleak midwinter. We're just prepping up for the wassail this afternoon, and so we're just getting in the mood, um, making some spice cider, and I'm just going to play the chorus of the wassail song, because this is a song that nobody knows, (laughs) and we're just going to be, yeah, and we're going to be singing it. Start off the afternoon 
by having a little sort of um, gathering of various, of all the Green Onions, which is the name of our society. And we're just going to be talking about how we will be um, adapting to climate change whilst enjoying life and looking at the good things day to day. Um, of our village because everywhere's different you know so we we live on the um the soggy low wheeled clay which then becomes like concrete in the summer so we have about two days when we can grow and dig in the entire year so we'll be looking at all of those sort of things maybe about even how we can raise money to um you know perhaps purchase a polytunnel for the group or looking at how we um you know source water and water saving planting trees together maybe mm. wildflower meadows um and it's about and, doing things together yeah, and it's working together. too hard i mean you mentioned the low wield i mean is it impossible for me to grow anything oh yes but i'm looking to you to share <laughs> your skills because i know you can and i'm looking to other people and that's the other thing is this is all about skill sharing um so within our little group we've got a lot of people who've got different skills different enthusiasms everybody's busy um uh, also people have got different amounts of um different assets like some people may have an allotment another person may have a woodland somebody else may have a nice big garden um somebody else older or or with wisdom Uh, somebody might be younger with muscles yes and it's about pooling those resources isn't it yes and then the notion is to spread this idea far and wide and link hands with other communities and grow like mycelium (laughs) under the surface from the margins Yes, yes, now, of yes. course, this isn't just such a, a new concept, is it? It's very old. Community resilience, I mean, we've seen it amongst the land armies in the Second World War, but we've seen it for years and years and years. And the wassail is a very, very old tra- English tradition. So today we're kind of bringing together kind of the best of the old as a part of a, a way to just stand up and say we can do something about this yeah. disaster. Yes, absolutely. The wassail was traditionally a sort of southern counties ceremony to um, bless the apple trees and um, bring forth fertility and also to welcome in the spring, spring during the dark days of winter. So we're going to be having a moonlit wassail because it's very close to the moon, the full moon, the wolf moon. Um, and we will be out in the orchard and we've got um, we'll have a fire. The, there's an apple tree that's all lit up beautifully with solar lights. And then we're going to have um, 12 candles to represent the that it's twelfth night. Um, no, can we just be honest? It's not actually no, 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 no. Night, but you know, is it? No, no. So but actually, wassailing can go on throughout January. You know, sometimes in Somerset they have it around about the seventeenth okay. of January. So twelfth night is actually the fifth of January. Yes. Um, so we're having it on the twelfth, mm-hmm. um, just because we are. Wassailing has been associated with Christmas and New Year since the fourteen hundreds as a way of passing on good wishes amongst family and friends. Originally, was hail, which means be well in Old English, was a drink made of mulled ale, curdled cream, roasted apples, eggs, cloves, ginger, nutmeg, and sugar, and served from the silver or pewter wassail bowl. So when we gather around the tree, which has been you know decorated with solar lights and things, we will take with us some toast soaked in the. Uh, spiced apple cider or apple juice and we'll put that into the trees this soggy bread for the birds to carry away um, in the morning and when we place our bread in the trees we will make our own personal blessings and affirmations which can be done really quietly um, for the coming year and anything that we want and we will also bless the apple trees um, as uh, living entities whom we're connected with directly and um, then uh, we will Ideally, one pops a virgin in the tree for fertility. Now, we're um, a little short on virgins in the village, but I'm sure we'll find one. 
<laughs> and then uh, we get to singing the wassail song. So after we've done our blessings, we'll stand in a circle around the fire pit and um, then we'll sing the wassail song. And it's very bawdy and you just basically you sing the chorus, which I'm not going to sing for you now. And then you, um, you have the wassail bowl in your hand, uh, which is traditionally made of white cedar. But we will be having something else because I haven't got a white cedar bowl. And as we pass the bowl to our left hand side, we make an affirmation to the person next to us and this can be done in song form um, and it's all within the beat of the wassail song and the beat of the wassail song is kept up by us uh, banging pots and pans and cutlery and shaking plastic bottles with peas in and anything else that we can do and this is to chase off the evil spirits. Yes. yes and this is what people have been doing since the beginning of time yes. really, isn't it? yes yes, yes. And it's, I mean, you've got a, a group of people who, some of whom know each other very well, some people who don't know each other at all. Yeah. And this is a, an opportunity for people to get out of the cold, come together, sit around a fire, and just being with each other. And by kind of giving affirmations to each other, I'm surprised that it sounds quite a modern way. It's a very, very old thing. You know, in the old days, people would come together all the time during the 12 nights of Christmas because... They um, huddled in one room for warmth, to look after each other, to feast on good food, and so on and so forth. So um, that's what we're doing. We tend to, in our modern day, do the very opposite. So, you know, we have dry January and Veganuary, which is fine, um, but it's actually quite nice to um, just to be together as human beings. Wassail, wassail all over the town Our toast, it is white and our ale, it is brown And our bowl, it is made from the white maple tree With a wassailing bowl, we'll drink to thee And here's to young David and to his right cheek May God bring our David a rough piece of meat and a rough piece of meat that we may all see With a wassailing bowl we'll drink today Folk expert John Wilkes is the singer in this rendition of the wassailing song by the Grizzly Folk. It is white and our ale it is brown His podcast, The Old Songs, tells the story of traditional rural community songs which would have been lost if not for a band of merry researchers, including the godfather of English folk, Cecil Sharp, at the beginning of the 20th century, who recorded thousands of traditional songs around the country, previously only passed on in the oral tradition. The archive is stored at Cecil Sharp House in London. Wassail, wassail, all over the town Our toast, it is white and our ale, it is brown John says this version of the song would have been known as the Gloucestershire Wassail although the ritual was more often linked to the apple farming communities of Somerset, Kent and Sussex. And here is to Emma who blows on the horn May God bring our Emma a smile by the morn And a smile by the morn we may all say with a wasn't in thought to have started off as a pagan ritual in which people fed the trees to please the spirits led to the tradition of carol singing as the wassailers took their songs to the towns knocking on doors to trade their midwinter singing for a drink or a couple of pennies (laughs) 
You can also find a recording of the Wassell song by Blur, who recorded it in the early 1990s as a limited edition flexi-disc. Tess runs the Village Shop and Cafe, which she's grown to become the centre of village life over the last 12 years. I asked her why she signed up to the Green Onion Society. It's all about community for me. I really am looking back to try and create the things that we've always had in village life. People living, working together, supporting each other, pooling things. Are you kind of imagining a kind of a perfect England here, or are you talking about your Kiwi (laughs) background? (laughs) I was just reading some books recently about 40s and 50s and about in difficult times how people tended to then work together and... um, get through things well, they did i mean they had to and and actually modern day has sort of put us all back in our homes and made us very solitary suffering from mental health issues That's right, so yeah. coming out here today and sort of working together in the green onion society should actually help us feel a lot happier as well as yeah developing some community resilience to climate change According to the Brighton Hope Food Partnership, gardening together can improve happiness and well-being. Researchers on its Sharing the Harvest project found that 97% of the 2,000 participants reported improved happiness, mood or well-being. 89% reported improved physical health and 90% reported greater skills or confidence. Now, this is all about sharing skills. So what do you think you're going to offer and what do you think you want to learn? Okay, what do I bring with, with me? Chaos and creativity bit of, um, well, why can't we do that sort of an attitude which is a bit Kiwi-like. It's sort of going back to basics and looking at things. Um, what do you want to learn? <laughs> I guess that we're sailing song. No, what do I want to learn? <laughs> it's all about just being with people and being with community for me. So whatever I learn is a bonus. Poppy's four. You brought her along. Does, is it important that you kind of show her what English culture could be like? Yeah, absolutely. And when I was growing up, it was always um, hanging out with people of all generations and doing things not just your own generation, so not just going along to nursery, but it's hanging out with the old guys and the <laughs> seeing it all, basically, seeing what life is. Michelle is already a confident gardener, with bounties stored from her garden to cook with all year round. For her, the Green Onion Society isn't so much about learning new skills. Well, first of all, it was the enticing people and the exciting sense that there's other people out there doing things I love as well and um, the hope that perhaps I didn't have to do it all alone and that in some elements we might want to work as a team, get together and also get together at times like this, seasonal times when there really are things worth celebrating. Yeah, just a sense of all of us slightly redefining our relationships with the earth at this rather crucial time and at the same time just meeting fantastic people and learning from them so that those are just some of the things that were very exciting for me and you and vicky both kind of live the life don't you, you do really make your own chutneys you really do i mean these are old traditional arts and crafts and yeah. cooking of course is one of the oldest yeah well for me yes it is a bit of an obsession jams pickles chutneys i think i grew up with my mum doing it around me and she grew up on a market garden so it was obviously done around her um it gives me a huge sense of peace i love to put my apron on and i really like to use what i've grown and it's a way of getting the raggedy beans the tough ones the things no one really wants to see or eat in any other form and making making good um windfall apples all that kind of stuff for the chutneys and then the jams 
foraging in those hedgerows and particularly plums and crab apples are very gratifying and very quick and easy to make into jams and I love seeing the jars. I love seeing the multicoloured jars on the shelves in the pantry and I kind of have a sense of security, warmth and comfort that my stores are in for the winter. And then I give them away at Christmas and I have a few left so we have to eat them out now until May, June when I can get the black currants and the whole thing can start again. Jen is a beekeeper and wants to teach us to be sympathetic to bees as we garden. I think basically my skills regarding beekeeping is more about educating people regarding what they can do to help uh, bees and, and also other insects because although bees themselves, honeybees, aren't endangered, they're, they're a really good way for us to establish what's going on out in the wider countryside. So really using the bees as, a, as kind of ambassadors really to promote good practice in people's gardens and things like that, that's, that's where my um, role as sustainable beekeeper is coming yeah. in. According to a recent report in the Guardian newspaper, 50 billion bees in the USA, more than seven times the world's human population, were wiped out in the winter of 2018-19. to The mass bee deaths have been blamed on habitat loss, exposure to pesticides and mites. But with most American commercial bees now pollinating monoculture mega farms, such as the almond farms in California's Central Valley, it's the large-scale mechanisation and the loss of biodiverse landscapes that most beekeepers believe is the problem. I think it it would be great to show people um, how bees operate and you know in my apiary particularly because it's not your kind of classic rows of hives because I practice beekeeping in a slightly different way so I think it'd be really useful for people to see just what impact they have in the environment. Can you say very briefly how your way is different? Basically I, I run my bees about what's good for the bees rather than about producing honey so um, I do take honey but it's all, always done very much with the bees uh, natural instincts being respected and um, in that way you actually end up with a more resilient bee which isn't so reliant on human intervention. And is that because you've got to care for the bees? Is it because the, the bees are endangered or is it because you want bees in your garden? It's because I, um, I, I think for me, I, I've always been fascinated by insects and I think for me it was, it was much more about keeping bees and learning from bees regarding how they respond to the environmental pressures. And to me, that's always been the, the, the main thrust of why I'm keeping bees. And what do you want to learn from the Green Onion Society? I think for me, it's about the community, resilience. Um, it's just really nice to talk to people who are on the same wavelength. And um, yes, learn some other skills, you know, enjoy kind of sharing knowledge that we've picked up from various different sources. And, and I think for me, it's the knowledge sharing, which is the main thing for me. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Jen's top tip is to make bee hotels, boxes full of hollow stems for solitary bees to use as nests. Lily is a forest school teacher. I asked her why she joined the Green Onion Society. People working together for a common cause. What what more could you want to be a part of, I think? I think that um, theme of, of common unity, community, people people working for the collective, people working together for the good of the earth, for the good of our society our culture our system i think when when we come together and we put our minds especially our hands we can do amazing work so for me it's really about um being a part of that giving what skills i might have to give and learning and then being able to pass that on in my day-to-day and the rest of the things that i do now you're a forest school teacher yes so what skills do you think that you're going to offer the green onion society i mean we're just about Mm. planting together but planting trees but learning from nature what what are you going to teach us igniting a love of nature for all of the fun that it has to offer the playfulness the um the deep connection i think that you can feel through play within nature um through learning outdoors meeting outdoors i think forest school is an excellent gateway into that um really understanding the connection that connection that you yourself have with the wonderful outdoors yeah. and mm. what do you want to learn oh I, i'm actually in a position where um so in my garden it's really dark we don't get a lot of light so um it's barren at the moment and i would really love to learn how to work with that in terms of not having much sunlight um, in terms of being able to grow and be as sufficient self-sufficient as I can to teach my son and to have him have opportunities where that's the norm so being able to bring him he's three along to places where people are whether we're foraging or we're planting together or coppicing we've got some coppicing coming up and just sharing that so that it becomes a part of our lifestyle I'm excited for that. James is a professional gardener and an amateur forager, and he knows his way around wild mushrooms. He's already taken some of the group out into the local woods. That's right, yeah. I mean, uh, it's a little bit daunting at first because I've never, never done it before, but we actually had a really good few hours, um, and it was surprising. Uh, as a forager, you kind of keep your secrets to yourself um, where you find certain mushrooms. and uh, Kind of went against the rule and, and opened it up a bit, but actually came back with about five or six times the amount I would normally wow. get. Last year was the bumper year, um, you know, with certain changes in climate. Um, I believe that actually we're, we're starting to get a lot more fruiting bodies of mushrooms. So that's the skill that you're going to pass on. What that's, do you want to yeah. learn? Well, learning-wise, I mean, really to understand what else is out there. Uh, I do a lot of fishing, uh, sea fishing and river fishing and, 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 and quite an avid camper van fanatic so i'm always out in the wild i think it's great to have a, a a base point where you can come back and share a bit of knowledge and give back a little bit of understanding about what's around you ever been to a wassail before never been to a wassail never knew anything about it until now um and have been excited all week 
just about to start. Come on, let's go and pass the wassail let's bowl. Let's go. <laughs> so Vicky, what's the plan now? Okay, so what we're going to do now is we've got some bread soaked in cider and we're going to offer it around to everybody to take and place in the apple tree. So the apple tree, so the queen apple tree there, which is all lit up. Beautiful. And then these ones here are also apple trees. So we're going to put our affirmations into the apple trees and then we're going to gather around this fire um, and uh, beat some copper pans which all need a good clean so it'll remind <laughs> me to do that and um, we, we make wishes for the for the new year we bless the apple trees and um, and ask the apple trees to be um, prolific so it's about fertility okay so who would like to take Tam would you like some Bread. Oh, I'll have some wishing bread, yes. Yeah. Placing wishes in trees is not just an old English tradition. In Japan's Tanabata Festival, people celebrate by writing wishes on small pieces of paper and hanging them on bamboo trees. Bamboo is believed to have been adopted because of its tendency to grow straight and tall and send the wishes directly to heaven. Tan is an artist, art educator and yoga teacher and is recovering from major surgery on her back. So, Tan, do you know what you're doing (laughs) well this is an ancient thing isn't it this is this is medieval i think you're probably wishing for a really good harvest for next year but i'm going to wish for something i'm going to wish for good health you've had spinal surgery recently and you're on the mend i am on the mend so are you going to say it out loud are you going to wish it i'm going to do a reiki symbol over it give a little bit of reiki to give it some power and to give it some energy and connect it with the tree and then the tree, actually, is quite a nice symbol for me because I always think of a tree as like my, my spine and as being kind of um, the, the strength of the, the centre of the tree of how it kind of holds itself up. And it doesn't matter what gets lopped off, it will always hold itself up. So I think that's what I'm visualising. Tess, you're putting your bread in your tree with Poppy in hand. What are you... What's your little affirmation there? Um, well... I think we wish that the apples grow well for next year, don't we? And I'm also wishing for good growth all over Upper Dicker and surrounding towns and all of our gardens. Four-year-old Poppy has other ideas about what to wish for. Poppy wished for a unicorn. In my house. So have you got your own stable for the unicorn? No. It's in your house? Yeah. Lily? What's your little affirmation there as you're putting your bread in your tree? It's longevity. It's one of longevity. James, have you put your bread in your tree? What was your affirmation? To see my daughter again. I'm going to put my little piece of bread in the little crook of this branch here. I'm going to wish to be the grower that my parents were. And I was just such a stupid child that I resisted. And uh, I'm going to call upon the spirits of my parents who were great gardeners. And I'm going to be a great gardener. That's my affirmation for this tree. Bread in trees, it was time to form the circle and pass the wassail cup. Just take a moment to see who's on your left-hand side. Um, because then you are going, you're going to actually make an affirmation to them of some sort, however light-hearted it is. They're a rowdy lot. They're not really they're doing not what they're told, are they? No. <laughs> well, this is proper. Order. Order.
We're going to start before you drink by singing two verses of the wassail chorus to get us in the mood as loudly as you want. And, and then you're going to make an affirmation to the person on your right-hand side, i.e. me, Julie. And then you pass the... So, so we do an affirmation. So you might say, um, yeah, you might use my name and then, you'd, and then you would um, say something rather that pops into your head. And then, and then you sing it. Do you want me to start on this with this one and then... For someone like me who loved to play in my grandparents' allotments as a child, but railed against my parents' obsession with gardening, climate resilience has brought me back to the land. As the earth begs us to ditch the plastic, reduce our carbon footprint and shop less, we need to unwrap our relationship with where our food comes from. As the green onions chase the spirits from the apple trees, I'm finally summoning the wisdom of my green-fingered ancestors. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, hit subscribe, add it to your favourites, leave a comment and share wherever you can. And we'll see you next week.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.